What's up, everybody, and welcome back to On the Bluff, presented by Carmigo, the easiest way to sell your car on the internet. Gabe, I don't know about you, but I actually am in the market right now. Is that right? I am. I'm looking to sell my car. Well, you need to go to Carmigo. Drama, drama free, hassle free. Absolutely, because you know why? It's the easiest way to sell your car on the internet. First off, first and foremost. Secondly, they do all the paperwork for you. Thirdly, they have contact with all these dealerships, great relationships with dealerships, so they send that stuff out there, get it to them, get you a quote on your car, could have an offer in as little as a day. So everyone, head over to the Carmigo Marketplace, check out everything that they've got going on over there. If you're in the market like me, looking for a new vehicle, looking to sell your current vehicle. All right, buddy. So you have the is oh, it an sorry. infinity? Yeah. What do, do you have? Okay. Infinity. So you're trying to get rid of that thing. Yeah. I got to get back in a truck. What? Hey, oh, you know, really? Yeah. You gonna get a truck? Like, what, how big of a truck? Well, I used to, so before the Infinity, I had a Tundra. I had a 2011 okay. Tundra, and I'm thinking about going back to the Yoda route. Okay. You know, Infinities are the number one stolen cars in uh, Memphis right now. Yes, they are. Infinity Wars. Infinity with drive out tags. Yep. You heard? This show ain't got no drive out tags though. So. No, you no. It's legal. It's street legal. Yep. Shout out. Yep. Well done by you. Yeah. I'm glad you're not the one flossing down 240. I'm not. Yeah. I've tried to avoid those people. <laughs> yeah, I get you. All right, buddy. How was the weekend? Um, I'm, I'm a little tired coming out of the weekend, brother. Oh, yeah. I uh, did some hosting. I did some hosting at the house, Taylor and I. Um, I sure didn't get Taylor's an actually, Taylor's actually uh, at a early week wedding, a Monday wedding in Locally? Florida. Oh, Flor- She's been gone. Isn't she? I know. Like a lot. Three weekends out of the last yeah, month. Yeah, she has. Two weddings and a bachelorette trip. Yeah. So it is what it is. But I, early week wedding, early week wedding in Florida. That's tough for people to make. I got to say, I was invited too. So I had to, but I had to, you've got, had to stay back. Yeah, you've got, I have things I got. You've got responsibilities. Yeah, things I got to handle. But I did do some hosting this weekend on Saturday. You didn't get the invite. I apologize. Yeah, um, I was thinking you, you would breeze you right you, over that. You would have literally drove 45 minutes, though, to my house. So, I don't know. Would you it's have done that? that? But I had a going-away party for my buddy. You, you remember Alexander? I do remember he's Alexander. Actually, he's moving to Atlanta. New job, new gig, him and his girlfriend. We hosted some people. I've cooked some burgers. You know, I had to have the fat man towel over my shoulder while I was whipping God, up. God, I love you. Yeah, fat man towel. You're so on brand. Burgers, burgers, sausages, and, uh, and uh, hot dogs. Golly. Yeah. Now I'm really Just, jealous. I know. I'm I sorry. missed out on all of that. And you you would have seen me wipe my sweat with yes. my rag. Yes. Oh, yeah. Golly, that is so on brand. Yep. I love it. Yep. That is Gabe Coon for you. Yep. I had an outdoor speaker going too. What were you, oh, what were you firing yeah. on? You know, I, 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 the people I was with, I just said, put whatever shuffle you want on. I think they had sort of today's country hits on, basically. But what okay, so let's get into this. If you were controlling it, what are you playing? I'm probably going like 90s hip hop, okay, out there while I'm. That's grilling. it. No variation. I, I mean, I have some variation here and there, but I'd have to put together a playlist. But I'm going like today was a good day. Let's get some Ice Cube rocking out there. Okay. Let's, a little let's, gin and juice. Let's get some, yeah. Let's get some like West Coast 90s rap okay. going on on the back porch while I'm flipping those burgers. Yeah. See, when we're all hanging out, it is everything. Like, well, yeah, no, eclectic. I, yeah. I like, I like eclectic. I like, it I like moved, going it, all around. Yeah. But like when it comes to to rap and hip hop and stuff, more throwback. I'm kind of with you. We do a little bit more throwbacks than than current stuff. No, it is the best though. Hmm. Hate to say it, like early two thousands, like in the middle of the two thousands, throwback. Like throw on a little Lil Wayne sometimes. Of course, the greatest rapper alive. No yeah. debate. Um, I want somebody to debate me. Try to debate me, Kenny. Try to debate me, Kenny. I'm not debating you. All any, right, damn all. right, damn right. You ain't <laughs> no. debating a damn thing. No, I ain't but no, debating. little Lil Wayne. Uh, if you really remember when T Pain was really T Pain used to be popping yeah, back he did. in the day. Akon used to be popping back yep. in the day. Some of those old hits. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with those. the millennial. The millennial hits, yeah. if you will. Am I a millennial? I don't you're know. You're Gen what Z. I, you're like you're, you're early Gen Z, but you. I mean, you're. I think I'm like the first year. Yeah, but you're like ninety eight. You're you're a you're. A, I'm an old soul. You, you, not really. I say <laughs> that, but you like you fit in. You, you're not like super TikTok driven. No, no. You're not. Yeah, like the, I feel like there's a like my sister who has just turned fourteen versus you at your age, same Gen Z, but totally, different. totally, totally, totally different. Yeah, completely. What about different. The, you? Didn't even say we're bringing the goatee back. 
We're we're done with the mustache. I think it's it ran its course. It did. It was a yeah. It was it was a good time while it lasted. I was letting you be honestly. Your goatee is not fully. No, back. it's not. It's your not. mustache is a lot more Thick. thicker, yeah. and then the bottom half. Well, uh, here's my thought process. It's like a fade, bro. It's got it a is. Fade. It kind of is. But I was like, do I want to? Do I want to knock off the mustache and let it like be the same length and be kind of you know to where it's hard to see, or do I just leave? It'll this? it'll grow in. Yeah. yeah. Do I just leave this big highlight over my lip? Let this come back in. So I'm let I'm just gonna let the bottom come back in. It next. Why week, did it run its course? Were you like, I just I don't know. It just didn't feel like the move anymore. You weren't getting pushback, were you? No, 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 no. I didn't. Well, get, here's the thing. It's like pushback. we're getting into like the heat of summer too. Maybe having the chin uncovered would have been good for then. Maybe you should have explored later. You should have. I just I just was tired of looking at it. You know, mainly because I have to watch myself. No one I, made me laugh. Speaking oh of this conversation. <laughs> I'm talking to Taylor this weekend, and she's like, you, you need to trim down your beard for the summer. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, it's going to get hot. And I'm like, what do you think? I'm a damn dog. <laughs> like, do you, think, you, you think the beard trimmed down is going to make any difference for me on my face? I, if I'm going to sweat, I'm going to sweat regret. Right. It made me laugh. So I was like, that is, I mean, I guess I get what you're saying, but I'm not. My, right. Like, we have two great Pyrenees. I'm not one of them. Right. right? I, don't I, need a, sweat. I don't need a damn shave for the summer. No. It it does help though, not, maybe not on the face because yeah. I, I don't know. But like, like if it's bald, I can see where you get like the breeze on the face. But like last year and obviously this year as well, like shaved my head, made a huge difference. Yeah, no, so. I get that. Like if you have thick hair, right? But, but your beard, beard, not really. Like and honestly, if I shave it, I I have not been bald faced since during their middle since, school. Since my sophomore year of high school, I haven't been bald faced. And yeah. I started off with a with a thin chin, chin strap. strap. I went Kenny Stubblefield style, baby. <laughs> what are we talking about? So I went thin chin strap, and then it's grown into just like full beard. I remember there was a time in college where I almost went Amish look. Did you? Where I had like the thick neck, neck beard the and no Lincoln. mustache. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, what am I beard. doing? The full Khabib. I look back at it. I'm like, what the? And you know I had the long hair. I'm like, mm -hmm. what the hell was I? I look at Taylor. I'm like, you're sick. Yeah, why, 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 why did you why, stay why, with why me? Why were you with me? Oh, my I God. I actually, last weekend, I asked her the same question. Ironically. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Felt like a good time. I mean, well, I, I mean, Kenny. Everybody asks the same question, don't they? Okay. Yeah. I, and, I, and by the way, Kenny was I, way I've also harder had this on conversation. Why does every like every everybody's like you outkicked your coverage? Everyone says that <laughs> because you did, and I that's mean, cool. Sure. No, that's I get cool. it. I get it. But like, I wonder when people say it to me now, do they realize that they're like one thousand four hundred and fiftieth to say it to me? And why can't they switch Kenny, it up? And Kenny was like 1,445. Why can't they yeah. switch it up and say it to her? Because it's not true. <laughs> That's it. Well, honestly, Christian's the only person ever that said she outkicked her coverage. See? So it's because I gave you shit, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kenny said it, and I'm like, why does it got to be that way every time? Gabe every, was like, I look good. I was, I was like, damn, like, man. Come on. Come on. Like Taylor. Taylor got the prize, not Gabe. <laughs> hey. I'm with it. I'm there for it. So that was it for your weekend. Just hosted a little bit. I'm assuming you didn't. You had a pretty lazy Sunday. Oh, uh, very, <laughs> very lazy Sunday. I was very tired. They didn't leave till late, so I got some sleep and uh, and chilled. I cleaned up the house. What did, did I all do? That. Cleaning cleaning the house is always a pain in the ass. The night <laughs> yeah. we had like 20 people over. I'm just like. Clean it before there. and after. I'm like, you you a-holes couldn't pick up your beer cans. Like, nope. it's not that complicated. But, hey, that's what, what it is. That's, that's, a, it's the price you pay. Yep. If you're going to host, it's yeah. going to be a mess. What did you do? You hung around? Do you have a crawfish boil for UFC 288? We did not. We actually had one yesterday, though, on okay. Sunday. Um, spur of the moment, my friends called me. I was leaving church yesterday, and they were like, hey, we're about to cook crawfish. You want to come over? And I was like, okay. <laughs> Perfect. So I went and watched the uh, Sixers and Celtics game, ate crawfish. Now I'm working in rewind, and I already didn't know what I did this weekend. Uh, for, oh, Friday night. I'm going to get into this a little bit. I know we're going a little long on this segment, as we typically do. But Friday night, every year, and I don't understand, my friends are always like, we got to go eat Mexican for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> and every year, we all say, we're never doing this again. This is stupid. Like, 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, you got me here, so I'm going there. <laughs> you got yourself here, but I know, I'll, I'm, I know, I'm along I know. for the ride I now. I don't know what it's like in Memphis. I've never lived in Memphis before, but in Olive Branch in DeSoto County, there are a lot of people, basically <laughs> everyone, that decides that they want to go eat Mexican on Cinco de Mayo. Everyone. Yeah, I get it. Everyone. Yes. And so we go with, get this, not only are we going to Mexican restaurant at 6 o'clock on Cinco de Mayo on a Friday, we go with 21 people. Okay, that is stupid. <laughs> that is insanely stupid. We stood outside of the restaurant for an hour and 15 minutes. <sighs> An hour and 15 that minutes. That is so... And you you waited the whole time. Yeah. Y'all are sick. We got there at 5.30. We left at 9. Just to get a margarita and chicken cheese and rice? We got there you at 5 30. We left at 9 p.m. Y'all are sick. Michael's parents came, right? Because they they love Cinco de Mayo. They, they love their margaritas. As soon as she got there, I was like, next year, we will buy all the food. And we'll cook it. And we'll cook it at your house. If y'all want to, ha- if y'all want to host it at your house, we can hang out by the pool. We're cooking, and y'all can bring all the tequila y'all want, and make margaritas, whatever. But this is terrible. <laughs> it was so loud in there. They had like they had two they had two different paying, mariachi bands. You're paying ten bucks for a meal that you could cook at your house for probably five six right. bucks a piece and you know all my friends got the pictures 25 dollars for a picture of margaritas did you just say there were <laughs> did you just say there were two different mariachi bands yes were they going around or are they in the same spot they were going around one was a mariachi band one was like three white people but i was gonna say I, yeah that's not a mariachi I know band, it's not. brother but hey, i know it's not i guess it could be i don't want there be, were two bands How about i don't want to be that way but no they were not mariachi they were singing more modern stuff what but were they singing? I don't know. They look like they hit the booger sugar hard <laughs> in the bathroom. Because they probably did. <laughs> they sir. probably did. Hey, were they working for tips or was it like? I I don't. They didn't come to our table, which was weird good, because well, we had so many people. Also, good thing though, right? No complaints from me. Could be annoying. Um, Saturday. Oh, another good story. Actually, I, I, okay, I did more this weekend than I than I recalled. Saturday, uh, my cousin graduated from the University of Memphis. Shout out. Shout out to Lexi. Yes. Um, well, so that's, congrats to all the graduates. All the graduates. Yeah, yeah. It's graduation weekend for the University of Memphis and plenty of other schools. So congrats if you were a graduate this weekend. But we go to her graduation on Saturday. Graduations suck. I mean, everyone knows that. That's universal. I left mine early. I didn't have one because I graduated in 2020. I literally, Thank God. I left mine in the, in the middle of the like I went I don't and grabbed my stuff and just Bounced. walked out the back. I don't blame and you. they had you know how they have all the robes and the hats you yeah. throw them in there. I just threw it in the back of the truck. I'm like, "Let's go. Let's yeah. go eat. Come on." Yeah. So, you know, graduations suck and this was the most graduates the University of Memphis has ever had in a weekend. Interesting. So, even worse. Good for the school. Bad yeah. for, bad for those in attendance. <laughs> um we leave, we go to <laughs> What did she graduate with, curiously? Uh, business degree. Okay. Business marketing degree. Um, we go to Lafayette's afterwards in Midtown. Yeah. And live band. My family's nuts, by the way. Like, my family is just loud and crazy. Like, okay. loud and crazy family. Yeah. <clears throat> we stayed at Lafayette's from 3.30, to 7.00. <laughs> How many people did you have? Like, uh, 14. Okay. 14. Man, you were rolling deep this entire weekend. Yeah. But I Good mean, we had God. a ball. Like, we were yeah, singing, dancing, acting a fool. My, like I said, my family's loud and obnoxious. And ha- I mean, we're sitting right. You, uh, you've been to Lafayette's, right? So, yes, you know, the bar, like the bar that's outside, it's kind of yeah, like yeah, connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we sat, yeah. yeah. We yeah. sat at the one that's on the, like, the front side of the, yeah. the building. We sat at the table right, I guess, technically in front of the bar on the inside. Oh. And like. You're getting one, drinks fast. At one point, my dad reaches back and just grabs a bottle, full bottle, and just slams it on the table. <laughs> he was joking. He was, it was a joke. Okay. But <laughs> Did they see him? No. Probably, they, they wouldn't take kindly to fortunately that. Fortunately, they didn't. They would it was, not take kindly to that. 
It was a. Uh, it was funny though. It was a good time. We had a lot of fun. I was definitely ready to go by seven o'clock though because. We had overstayed our welcome, but the bands were awesome. Like usually, I'm yeah. not a huge live music you fan. I know it's funny. Last time but, I was there hmm. on a Saturday, Seeger cover band was it? Yeah. Golly, <laughs> you missed I out, would buddy. lose. I would lose my ever loving <laughs> mind. You would have lost it. Whew. Night moves comes on. Oh, you would have just. Gosh, I wouldn't have any clothes left on. <laughs> <laughs> You're disgusting. <laughs> You're wild. Night moves in Main Street, and, and you I'm, would do that. So you're saying you'd have no clothes left on, and you you're sober. You're stone cold. Sober. Stone cold sober. Yeah. The music moves me, brother. <laughs> I guess so. Seeger so. moves me, brother. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, especially now that I'm a goatee guy again. Yeah, yeah. you are a goatee. We haven't Go-tee's talked about Seeger with without having the, also the goatee, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, we had a really good time, and after that, we were we were done. It was it was a wrap. It's yeah. a long day. But yeah, that's the weekend. Um, fun weekend spent with family and friends. So I can't complain. Can't complain at all. I, mean, I spent a lot of time in restaurants, but you know what? There's worse uh, places to spend time. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo stuff that you all need to stop that. Yeah, that I is. agree. That's I ridiculous. agree. I think that was our last hoorah uh, for Cinco de Mayo. Or at least go with like four people, you know? That so. will never happen. That will absolutely never happen. We have too many people. You can't roll deep. You can't roll that deep anywhere. I no. know. I know this. Okay. That's what I tried to explain. All right, Gabe. Let's get into some University of Memphis news. Um, stop uh, stop berating these folks with our weekend <laughs> adventures. adventures. Yeah. Escapades. Escapades, all that good stuff. Um, biggest news from the week, because as everyone knows, we're in a pretty slow time period right now. Uh, Memphis landed UCF transfer Jalen Young. What did you think? Um, what was that? What day was that? Thursday, Friday? It was sometime Sunday. midweek. Um I like Jalen Young. I, yeah. I do. I think he's a good enough point guard, and he can set the table for people. Decent three-point shooter, about 35%. I saw a couple of times during the year when I was watching UCF, he can get to the rim a little bit and finish at the rim. Uh, decent defensive player. Like, there's a lot to, a lot of things to like about Jalen Young, but that doesn't move the needle, brother. Like, that doesn't do anything <laughs> for me really exactly right now. I like, I like the guy. I think he can fit in and be a good depth piece. But if he has to be thrust into a starting point guard role and Mikey Williams doesn't make it to campus, like I, I don't know how excited you should be about that. I guess you're you're just doing with what you can right now on the transfer portal if you're Penny Hardaway and you add a guy that, that you think can help you. But, I, I mean, I, I don't know how excited you should be about it. I don't think you should be. Yeah, I would like, I would like to, you know, have a rebuttal or argument or something to go against, but this is – if you watch the me and Kenny's video, like that's almost verbatim when I said like he's not a move uh, a needle mover, good lord, uh, not a needle mover, good solid player, but he's not going to change your status as no. a team. If you had a a number one point guard right now that you felt comfortable with, and he was the backup, hell yeah, applause everywhere, absolutely great backup point guard to have on the, on the roster, really good. But as you pointed out, if Mikey doesn't make it to campus, and he's like automatically the starter. Then it's a little bit you know, sketchy. You're saying, "Damn!" And I, I'm now I have moved into a place of concern about this roster. Slightly. I'm I'm going to be honest. I know that Penny last year was able to capitalize on Demario Franklin and Keontae Kennedy. Um, after the transfer portal closed on May 11th. Like, I know that he was able to go make some other signings that he could fill out a roster with, but my concern is you don't have that veteran point guard that you potentially need or that big out there that you potentially need after that, after the, the portal closes. It's just so thin now. And if there is a good high D1 major player out there, you're competing with everyone in the country. Because right. everyone needs to fill out their roster. So I've moved into a place of... A fair amount of concern. Now, the Mikey Williams situation, I don't know how that's going to figure itself out. He was hanging out with Miles Bridges last <laughs> week. What the hell was that? That's not, that's I, not the I best mean, move. good Lord that have mercy. Not the that's best move. Not, no, not a good move. It's no. just not a good move. Um, I guess if he makes it to campus, you still feel okay about what you have, but I, I don't envision that happening. I just, I've, I, I am a lot more concerned considering where they're at. And, and we kind of knew this was going to be the case, right? If this continued to go this direction, like if it can, if it if it wasn't solved quickly, 
Yep. If pieces weren't added quickly, then the concern level is going to continue to rise, rise, and rise. And that's where we're at about medium right now, about medium yeah. concern right now. We say it's, it's that orange light. Yeah. Right? Two weeks ago, we were in the green. We were right, like, no, okay. That yellow light, I don't know, whatever, orange. Something around there. Yeah. Red but, would be bad. Red, Yeah, red is definitely bad. But two weeks ago, we were like, not really worried about it. Okay, Penny's, Penny's yeah, going to figure this out. Yeah, he's got and here we are two weeks later, and the Jalen Young announcement comes on the same day that Jaden Bradley announces that he's going to Zona, and it's just like, all right, if the magic's going to happen, it's got to happen soon. And wh- so what is what is today? The 7th, correct? Yeah. Or the 8th, Eighth. actually. Sorry. So we've got uh, three days, two days from when you guys will be watching this that the portal is closed. And just for clarity's sake, Kenny clarified this on our Jalen Young video, but I want to clarify it here as well. May 11th doesn't mean you can't no, land you, players anymore. It just it, it just means it, it just means no one else can go the, in. None of those big names are getting in. Right, because it's done. Soon. You know, the pool the pool is what it is at that point. Yeah. So, are there still good players? Yes. You know, we've said this. There are still players out there that can make it. And there're still players that can enter with a couple of days left. But it is getting close to danger zone time. Like something has got to happen. Do I still think he could have some stuff up his sleeve? Of course. Absolutely, and I'm sure he does. But from the outside looking in, where we are and where the Memphis fans are, it's a little bit scary. Hell yes, man. Like Until Mikey Williams and all that gets figured out and situated, you just don't know what's up. I mean, I guess you could still hold out and if they're going to be a tournament caliber roster next year you're counting on jonathan pierre to be awesome when he gets to campus you're counting on tfal leonard jr to be a decent offensive player when he gets here we know he's going to have the defensive prowess uh you got to have nick jordan step into that starting four role and be good but you have to have all these transfers you got they have to step in and be immediately unbelievable impact players yeah they like because i think jonathan pierre and tfal from a from a transfer perspective yeah they have a good skill set but they're not sure things you just don't know what they're how they're right. going to adjust to being uh in memphis you need those not so sure things to become sure things if you still want to be a tournament roster and i just i i think that's a lot of hope that's a lot of hope yeah i, I don't think they're a bad team right no, now. no but i, I think they have missing a lot of pieces there you go they have good pieces right now like they have players that can be legitimately good division one level players maybe first second team all conference type players if they play up to their potential it's like you mentioned the pieces that they're missing at the important roles the veteran point guard the true veteran point guard the true big those two pieces that we've been talking about from day one of the offseason that are still not there. I could even, if you had clarity on Mikey, I would... The point like guard the situation, point guard thing, yes. I'd be like, okay, I'd like, whatever. But we just don't but know. But you don't have clarity, and I would lean to him not playing next year. Right. So it's like, okay, so now Caleb Mills has to be everything. Mm-hmm. Caleb Mills isn't used to being everything. He's a good player. He can get you 13, 14 points a game. He should not be 22. your main... No backcourt piece that's trying to be Kendrick Davis from last year. That's right. not that's not what his best role will be or should be. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I'm agree. Just, it's confusing times right now, man. Confusing times. And I, I think it's totally fine to be concerned about I, oh, this damn yeah. roster. Because usually fans freak out way before we freak out. Yeah. And we're not to freak out point yet, but we're... To, I'm damn close, <laughs> brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm we're close. teetering. I'm close. We're teetering right now. So you guys mentioned a May 11th date, and that's a big day that that obviously the transfer portal closes, and the, you can still get players, but the no more players are going in the transfer portal. The biggest date is June 1st because that's the that's day. That's when it's over. That's when you know who's all available because the NBA. That's when you can withdraw from the NBA. The last day you can withdraw from the draft. So I'm interested to see if if Penny is waiting. To like mm. see who's coming out, you know, like that's that's my question. What's Adama Sanogo got going? <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Is he coming back to school? Yeah, um, but here here's the other thing. If you'll remember from last year, Kendrick Davis was committed by April 23rd. Right. Like I, you weren't at this freakout point last year because you're like, okay, he's there. Is it cool. at least Kendrick Davis? Cool. Yeah. 
right? And like your best recruit right now coming in is Caleb Mills. It's just it's shaky. Yeah. It's shaky, and they need to find any option and every option and explore any and every option. Yeah. No, I, I am extremely interested to see how this plays out. I really am because yeah. it, it, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's always a rabbit in the hat. If There's always an ace it, up the sleeve, it, it, but it just <laughs> you just don't see that many that many openings right now for that to happen. If 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 Penny with with what Kenny's saying, if Penny gets somebody that takes their name out of the hat for the NBA draft and ends up committing to Memphis. I mean, we may have to like that that's unbelievable. That would be an unbelievable break, change of uh change of direction for this offseason. The reverse Rajon Tucker? Oh, that would be ridiculous. Though. Yeah, that would be <laughs> ridiculous if he was able to do that. But I just I don't you can't count on anything. You like can't. That, no, so. you can't. And I and he can't be sitting there thinking, well, no, this well, is a sure will. thing. Yeah. Yeah, no. You so, don't think he's talking to people though? No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that. Saying There's that, communication but I'm, lines open, but it's just like you can't be sure. You yeah. can't. I mean, because a player if could tell you. Someone has entered their name in the NBA draft. A guy like Adama Sanogo, for example, like I, I mean, for him coming back to school, yeah, he could probably make some good NIL money, but it sort of depends how the draft process evaluation. Goes. And for me, I just feel like you can't count on somebody withdrawing their name look at lester quinones last year perfect that put example you, that yep. put you in a weird spot because you were like oh well he, he might come, come back, back you yeah. know so you, oh, you i think i think penny it. fully expected lester to come back right the problem is i had a conversation with lester while he was like the day after he declared what well, that he stayed in the draft and and forego his college eligibility and he told me straight up that his agent and some of the teams were telling him he was a top he was a, a top 17 draft pick in the first round. Ooh. And Word. then you look at what happens and he goes undrafted, you know, obviously but he's, he's, in he's a, found his role. Oh, he's in a great position, right? Like he's, he's a massive golden state fan. He plays for the G league, the, I think the Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz. something or whatever, 20 Cruz. points a game yeah. was Drop voted. 40. I think he was, most, I think most improved player I, in the I G have league. A, I have a question about that. How can you be most improved when you, it's your first year, when it's your first year, when you're a rookie, Hey man, the G League's got they all kinds of rules. They man. went from Memphis yeah. to there. Yeah, you're most improved. Most improved. I agree. But that's but that's you know that's why I understand what you guys are saying in terms of you can't ever you just can't. you can't ever just count bet on that. or count on anything like that because agents are all about making that money, man. If they can keep a player in the draft they're instead of sending them back, they're going to keep going them to. in the draft. Yes, so you, you just can't. And who knows? Maybe before we get to May 11th, there'll be a big had to drop somebody will put their name in in the transfer portal that penny can go maybe get but i don't know I don't same know. thing you can't count on that <laughs> yeah you can't count on that um moose is still out there isn't he he hadn't committed i think anywhere. so yeah i would i mean i think that would solve big but also if you <laughs> if you sign musa again and he comes back to campus you are winning every game 53 to 40 oh yeah you cannot you will be so offensively Limited. awful yeah Unless one of those guys, that, I mean, TFA or those, Jonathan yeah, Pierre. Turns it on. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's an interesting time right I now. I guess Caleb Mills could yeah. be that guy too, but I just, I don't know. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm very, very intrigued by how this plays out and what happens. But that's really, that's really all the basketball yeah, that's it. stuff that we have to talk. I mean, it is We're just, looking forward to football, bro? It is that time of year. Yes, we're definitely looking forward to football. And I've got an an interesting topic for us to talk about. Okay. With football season still Throw a few it. months away. Speaking of quarterbacks, obviously the most important position on a football field. Memphis, I talked to Coach Silverfield about this last week. Um, Memphis now has a two-year full-time starter going into his third season. Uh, he is now an upperclassman, speaking on Seth Hennigan here. He's now an upperclassman. He's going to be expected to lead this team two four years as a starter. So all of, you know, the mistakes or the, I guess the mistakes that maybe a young quarterback makes, those are expected to be gone. He's ex expected to take the next step this year. They've brought in uh, weapons, you know, guys yeah. that have been on the team and then transfers, Demir Blancumsey, Towski Dove, uh, Blake Watson, who can be a little bit of a Swiss Army knife out of the backfield. So Seth Hennigan is expected by coaching staff, fans, maybe some uh, lo local and national media 
to take a step forward, where does he fall in the American Athletic Conference as far as quarterbacks Ooh, that's go a good question. in this new look AAC? That's a good question. I Okay, let's just new look AAC. Let's remove all those guys. Uh, so UCF, Houston, everybody's gone. Um, I, I'd say one would be an incoming quarterback in Frank Harris. He stayed yeah. over. That's that's pretty easy. easy. Two, I that's tough. I think Seth could fall into that spot depending on how you feel about Michael Pratt. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably lean Michael Pratt over because of the the winning that he he did. But Seth Hennigan, I get the sense that if he would have had help the past two years with running the football like Michael Pratt did, and he would have been able to have been kept upright the same way Michael Pratt did the past two years, I feel like the stats would probably follow and, and they would have been better. He I probably agree. would have been more productive, but he just hasn't gotten the help. And he just didn't have, you know, you mentioned the running game and the offensive line. Last year he just didn't have anything really i mean even as far as receiving weapons he just didn't have much javon yeah. ivory caden priest corn eddie eddie but nothing i mean in his freshman season he had calvin Austin, and they were one of the most prolific yeah. duos in college football he still didn't have a great offensive line or a great run. well he had a good pass pro offensive line but he didn't have a good running game so we've never seen him with a full complement going into this year we think that the weapons are going to be better they can't i mean i in my opinion, they really can't get that much worse. Honestly, <laughs> I just truthfully, I just just no one really stepped up right. last year. So I, I think the weapons are certainly better around him. Rock is expected to take a step. The two transfers I just mentioned have drawn rave reviews from spring practice. You've got a bunch of running backs. three or four running backs. Sutton Smith has been heavily talked up by the coaching staff, and he looked really good he during looked the good spring. In spring game. Um, Jay Ducker coming back this year. Obviously, a different, you know, Blake a different Watson. dynamic. Blake Watson, guy that can run and catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think the supporting cast could be, has the potential to be the best that's been around him because even that first year it was really Calvin Austin. That's what he had. And the offensive line, both you and I expected to be a much improved unit. So, so if you look at what he's got, I, I personally would put him at two right now. I, I think I think he I think is a fair. I think he's a better but quarterback than Michael Pratt. I, I think I go Michael Pratt because I mean you, they just beat USC in the damn Cotton Bowl. <laughs> that it's is like true. hard to it's hard to like deny that. And also when you just sort of look at their stats side by side, I got them pulled up. Um, in twenty twenty one, so his freshman year for Seth twenty five and eight TDDINT. His sophomore year twenty two to eight. I mean, Michael Pratt was basically the same thing, 20 and 8 and 21 and 8, his yeah. freshman and his sophomore year. Right. So, like, they're so comparable mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. I think you could lean either way. But given what Michael Pratt and that Tulane team was able to accomplish last year, I think I'd give him a slight lean. But there's no way you put Seth in again anywhere, anywhere less than third. I, yeah, I wouldn't think so at but all. But he just needs he needs help around him. Like, people will say, okay, well, you have the third best uh, quarterback in the – in the conference, why hasn't it the, the wins? Why haven't they followed? Well, been nothing else. because there's been nothing else. Yeah. Defense is a struggle. The defenses have struggled the first part of the year. Uh, your running back situation's never been ironed out. Your O line has not been good. You just can't get a consistent push. So, like Seth has been dealing with trying to spread the ball around and be the only source of offense. And he's made some really bad decisions at times on some of his interceptions game to game. But I, 16 interceptions in two so, years. Like, come so, on. It's so hard for me to put the onus and full blame on him because he had to get thrust in there really early because of the Grant Canal Achilles injury. And he just, he's been the main source of everything, throwing to weapons that may have been a little lackluster, not, you know, giving the ball off to people who can only give you what, two and a half, two, three a, yards of carry. Yeah, two point at eight best. carry. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I just feel like if everything around him starts stepping up, we'll see a, a greater, even better Seth Hennigan. And, like, I, I always try to tell people this, like, when you – because Brady White, a lot of people consider him one of the best quarterbacks we've seen, right, because of the success that he led to. He took care of the ball, yada, yada, yada. Look he at also, what was around him. He also had a 2,000-yard rusher and a 1,100-yard uh, rusher in the same year. Mm -hmm. In the same year. Yeah. He also had Coxie. Calvin, um, Calvin. I mean, yeah. Gainwell, yeah. Antonio, Patrick, all at the same. Daryl, all, yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. So, like, 
I feel like if you, let's just do this, and obviously I'm doing the what if game, but what if you put Brady White into the offense right now? He's gonna have a lot less success. Yeah, I think I think Seth this season, if if what is around him comes to fruition and kind of kind of what we see happening, because I really do, I see the offensive line being much better. I see the running game being better. I really do think some of these receivers can have good seasons. Just got to get Dove healthy. Dove healthy. I think. Blake, Blake I think Cumsey gave me some. I mean, that was uh, that's yes. pretty sweet. What I saw. I think in spring he's going to be really game. good out of the slot. He's fast as hell. Yeah, Rock is huge. Yeah, Dove is huge. You got two big X and Y receivers. Tight end needs to get figured out. They did sign the dude from Colorado though. Yeah. All, uh, what was it? Austin. Austin Smith? Austin I think Smith. Austin Smith was his name. Big, big dude. Like six five, two sixty five. Um, so yeah, I think if all these things come to fruition, I really think he can take a monumental step because if you, if you watch him, if you just watch him for what it is, I think his processing speed is very, very good for a damn, for an an underclassman, sophomore, right? We're going to be a junior. I think his processing speed is very good. I think his accuracy is very good. I think he's got good touch. Do I think he does anything necessarily elite? Mm -mm. No, but he's just this. He's even across the board. Yeah. He can he can move at times. He can escape and make throws on the run at times. It's not a str- there's not to me there's not a strong suit though. It's yeah. this. He's Steady. even across the board, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with having a quarterback that's, that's solid at everything. Yeah. And I think that's what he is. I don't think he has special elite arm talent. I don't think he has special mobility. Um I don't think he has anything that's special, but there's nothing wrong with that. If you can move, if you can throw on the run. But he's got better. Here's the thing about like his arm talent. His arm talent's better than the guy that was preceded him. A hundred percent. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. So it's like, like, I, and I don't know if there's that big of a difference between Seth and, and Brady and processing speed. I don't either. I think Seth is. <laughs> like I, I think, think he gets I, him into the right plays and he processes information really well when he's in the pocket. I think he's more mobile and I think he has a bigger arm. Yeah. So like, you know, you see what I'm saying. I'm with you. The surrounding pieces. That's the biggest. It, you that's it, the biggest you part. A, you see a better Seth Hennigan. Absolutely. Just like any damn quarterback. The, this, yes, yeah, hashtag analysis. Right. If you have better players around you, you're going to be better. But sometimes, but I think specifically when speaking on the quarterback position, I think some people don't look at yes, it that way. I agree, and that's I, why I, we're. I think yeah. some people look at like they look at the quarterback position, and it's like the Michael Jordan comparison. Like you yeah. have to elevate everyone around you and make them better. Yes. Yes, but there's only few that can really, there's really no, do that. But there's only few that can do that, and there's so many more var- variables that go yes. into it. Then, if he's a good quarterback, then everybody around him should be good. No, he's got to have time to throw the ball. He's got to have a running game that can that can take the pressure off of him defensively. Got to have guys getting open. Got to have got to have guys <laughs> getting open. So I do think that is a that's that is actually valuable analysis when it comes no, to it this is. specific is, but, situation. Yeah, I get what you're I, saying. Yeah, I, I get was, what you're I saying. I was dumbing it down, yeah, of course, but. But, like, in this situation, a quarterback has to have help, and I think this is the most help on paper that Seth has had, so I think we could see yeah. a, ba- paper. We'll a, a see. big step we'll see. from him this year. I'll tell you who looks good on paper. <laughs> who looks good on paper? Kenny Silverfield. <laughs> okay. The man looks good on paper. You talk about not having an elite skill set, this guy has an <laughs> elite. Hey, t- listen, are we, are we listing height and weight when we're talking everything, about everything? Looks good on paper? I mean, look at the skill set. <laughs> look at the skill set above Go, average. We had an episode a couple weeks ago about how he should have been an old lineman. Yes, out we did. There. Yeah. But let, let's look at the skill set. Above average, above average size. Yes. Unquestionably. Yes. Yes. Unquestionably. <laughs> Processing speed. Oh! <laughs> Ridiculous. It's just like anybody, as long as you don't have a lot of work on your plate, right. exactly. as long as you have right. a clear mind, processing, processing speed's speed. there. Solid. Yes. Yeah. Camera skills. Okay. Oh, there we go. Editing skills. Mm. Editing skills. Audio skills. Hey. People skills. Oh. oh. The man is as well-rounded as they come, and <laughs> the man is good at coming up with topics as well. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors. And on the other side, Kenny, we will get to the hot three. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. 
Excited. Um, for those of you, just I'm going to go behind the fourth wall for y'all for a little bit here. Uh, Gabe is super aggressive right now, and it kind of freaks me out. So I'm going to go. Let me just do hot three. Topic number one, NBA playoffs, and go. All right. Where do you want to start? Uh, yesterday, we were talking about this. Yesterday was probably the best day of NBA playoff basketball I've seen so far this this year. Yeah, I don't think it's probably. I think yeah. it definitely was. I think was I think the the Nuggets Suns game was the best game of the playoffs so far. 76 or Celtics was and cool. 76 Celtics. And to see James Harden throw it back, knock down a 3 to to put the game Sixers on over the top, yep. 42 points. Yeah. In games 1 and 4 so far, he's got like 43 and a half points per game, 57% from 3. Yeah. <laughs> but then 2 2 and 3 he was terrible. Awful. Like, like god awful. Was it like 3 of 21 you from know 3? The, you want to know what the percentage is yeah. just from the field? Yeah. 18. <laughs> it's so bad. But hey, one game's 1, one and 4. 1 and 4. One and, four. Boy. and they needed it all because Joel Embiid doesn't really look like his normal self. No, he does not. Yeah. He still had a huge game. What do you have, like 32? And... He had 34 and 13. Yeah. But he like his, had... he was he was under 50% from the field, which is not him. normal. 11 for 26. Right. Yeah, he just, he looked... They were saying on the broadcast also that he just kind of looked slow and tired, like has been obviously affected by the injuries and stuff. Yeah, the and, injury messes him up. And it was it's every it's every playoffs though with him. Every playoffs. Um Al Horford did a great job on him at the end of the game. Yeah, which I, from from what I understand, you have an Al Horford take that's gonna basically strap this episode and send it to the moon. So Al Horford's a Hall of Famer. That's my that's my take. Al Horford is a Hall of Famer. Uh-huh. A Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer. There's no question in my mind. Mm. Five All-Stars, All-NBA in the in the NBA. And then when he was in college, think about this. He was he was a, he was a college all, ain't nothing to do with it's shit. It's Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Of course college basketball has to do do with shit. Okay, you're talking, what are we you're talking, talking about? about NBA. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. okay. But if you add them all together, it's easily an MVP. He's easily a a a Hall of Famer. Two two championships at Florida, he has the uh, he had he was the SEC tournament MVP. Mm-hmm. He was all he was all SEC all NCAA tournament consistently. I mean, this is it's a Hall of Famer we're looking at, and I know that's it's weird for people to grasp onto. He, Al Horford to me is is a Hall of Famer, and he's still doing it. He's still good. He's still so damn good. He is. He is. Still like what good. he did against him, he blocked like three shots against Embiid in the final five minutes. Yeah. Turn back the clock a little bit. I don't. Why does Al Horford feel like he's so much older than thirty six? It feels like Al Horford he's been around is like for a while. Udonis Haslam. He's been around for a long. But he, at least he's being. He's still competitive. Oh yeah, no, no. He's still he's, in there and rolls. But no, y'all don't. Are y'all? Are y'all? Y'all aren't. Y'all aren't being. I mean, I'm y'all not. Y'all aren't attaching yourself to this. I mean, What's I'm up? not gung ho on I it. I made my point. Good. Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer. Sure. Two NCAA championships. SEC tournament MVP. Sure. If you want five time, five times. If that's the hill that you want to die on, you can die on it. I mean, five five times he's been a a, a all star. Yes, he's been an all NBA guy. He doesn't have a championship, but not. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, Al Horford's a heck of a player, but I mean, I'm not. If he he gets in, if he gets in, I'm not going to be mad. And if he doesn't, Al Horford is a damn Hall of Fame. Like, are you like, would you legitimately be upset if he did not make the Naismith Hall of Basketball Hall of Fame? Honestly, at this point, with how gung ho I've been on this for like (laughs) the last three years, yeah, I'd be very upset. I need, I need uh, narratives need to be driven home. Agendas have to be my, my, my. uh, I'm, what do you say? Prophecy, prophetic. Yeah. Yeah. You're prophesying. I, I need I need the prophecy to become to be true. fulfilled. Yeah, it needs to be fulfilled. I have a question for you, Gabe. <laughs> okay. okay. Is Draymond Kenny. is Draymond Green a Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah. That's not even an yeah. argument. No question. But, but do you think no? No, I absolutely think oh, he okay. is. If he but wasn't I know a that warrior people, his whole career, we yeah, could have does, a different conversation. Does the team and uh Yeah, the but it's like Dennis players, Rodman. Okay. Yeah. It's like yeah. Dennis Rodman. He was yeah. on the Pistons and then the Bulls. Yeah. It's like Good draw. Yeah, you rebound the hell out of the ball, play good defense, win championships, win championships, Hall of Fame. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. you're in. 
Um, but Al Horford, no, Hall of Famer. So from that game, Tatum goes into halftime with two points, I believe. Wasn't he 0 for 8, his first eight shots that he yeah, threw? Yeah, and I think he had two going in the half, had a 13-point third quarter. He's so good. Like, I I don't know. Jason Tatum's He's still finished with 24, 18, 6, and 4 blocks. Yeah, 18 rebounds. But, he pisses me off sometimes. But he's so I, good. He's such a good player. He's smooth. He's silky. He's got a great jumper. He can go get off the dribble. He can get his shot up over anybody. But what pisses me off more than anything about him at sometimes times. Sometimes he falls in love with that three ball. He falls in love with the three ball. And game to game, he just, like, he'll have that 9 for 33 game where he just keeps putting up shots and he can't make anything. The only problem that I have with it is Jalen Brown carried them in the first half. Yeah. Absolutely, because Tatum was... Remember the NBA Finals last year? Yes. Come on, man. Let me, Come let me on. finish this up. Let all me right, finish this all up. All right, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Jalen Brown was... I think he had 19. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, there you go. All What's right, go next? Ahead. Keep going. I think Jalen Brown had 19 in the first half. Would he finish with 23? Is that right? Yeah, 23. He just didn't get the ball in the second. Like, he just didn't get opportunities in the second yeah. half. And we see that happen at times. And and Jason Tatum is the better of the two players. That's no argument. Jason Tatum's one of the probably top five, seven players in the NBA, unquestionably. He's incredible. But Jalen Brown can't only have four points in the second half. He has to be more involved. He is too good of a basketball player not to be involved. There are stretches involved. of games where they where he will stop getting involved and Jason Tatum will take the ball too much. Yep. And, and that's, and that's what, happened. what happens. But I mean, Did it, you hear hey. Jalen Brown after the game, though? He was uh, basically saying, they asked him about that exact thing. Why weren't you aggressive in the second half? He goes, maybe I need to be better at demanding the ball. And I, probably so. Yeah. Because I remember the NBA Finals last year. Jalen Brown was the better of the scorers. He was. Between him and Jason Tatum. And it's just, that's what frustrates me about Jason Tatum. He's a top 10 player, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. But he doesn't play like that all the time. Yeah. No, the, and, and it's weird because Tatum and Brown have been together for so long, but it's like sometimes they still don't have that balance, which is strange. What I've said on my show, this is unfortunate, especially this year. Not, not necessarily in past years. Jason Tatum, because he falls in love with his jump shot and a three-point ball too much, this year, he's almost played like a 6'8 Donovan Mitchell, where he will be very inefficient. In fact, yeah, I think he has le- his his field goal percentage is less than Donovan Mitchell. So, like, Which should not worse. be the case. He, he, take this, he takes the same amount of three-point shots per game. Go to the rim, brother. You're 6'8. I've seen you get off the bounce and beat yeah. people to the rim. I've seen you dunk as no, he a was rookie. Ta- he was taking him beats to the rookie, rack. As a rookie, I saw you dunk on top of LeBron. 19 years old. Like, I've seen you get to the rack. Go do it more. Yeah. And it's we. Uh, he didn't. He did take a lot of jump shots with when Ime Udoka was the coach, but with Joe Mazzulla, he has been living mm-hmm. by, and dying by a three-point ball, and it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So that game was a before lot of y'all fun. Move oh, on, before sorry. y'all move on, sorry. future Grizzly Jalen Brown? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're I talking w- about Jalen Brown or Bane. I wouldn't mind uh, it. Involving Bane in a Jalen Brown trade. Taking Jalen um, Brown. Can I just say ahead of time, if you can get Jalen Brown and Bane has to be involved. Do it. You do that yes i mean he, i mean but at the same time i don't think i still think i still think you're just looking for an upgrade for dylan so yeah. you don't necessarily have to throw away bane for that right but still i think get jalen brown get there was brown. if there was a swap and, and bane and brown were involved let's take brown let's calm down i love desmond bane but calm the hell down yeah. please jalen brown um but yeah that that was a great warm-up game the, the six and that's weird to call yeah, it that because it was such an awesome real. game um but the Nuggets Suns game on Sunday night was so much fun. Like, if people ask why you love playoff basketball, turn mm-hmm. that game, nope. and more specifically, turn that third quarter on oh, and just have the God. time of your life. Dude, I, it was back and forth the whole game. The thing that gets me too is going into the series, you're thinking, you're thinking oh, this is going to be a half court series. They're, they're going to they're gonna slow the pace down. They're both bottom half in pace. You know, it's, nope. it's going to be chill. Run it. And it's going to be execution. Both of them said, to hell with it. We're going to run mm-hmm. up and down this floor at an insane pace. And they did it. It was, what, 129, 124. Yep. Jokic had 53, accounted for 78 points on points and assists and, and lost. And then Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. That Suns team is not as good as that Nuggets team. I'm going to be honest. They're not As like, a team. As a team. But... 
when you have a guy who can two guys who can put up 35 to 40 to 45 to with 50 with that efficiency with that efficiency every damn night i don't you can't count them out of a series you absolutely not absolutely i mean you can't count them out of winning a championship i mean i said going into the weekend i didn't think that i didn't think the suns were going to win this series because i you have to be way KD and Book would have to be way too consistently scoring 35 and 40 points. And, nine, and they did it. Nine and games they in, it. they've and done had, it. And the thing about Book, too, whenever CP3's been out, Book will go and, and dish out assists. He had 12 the other night. Yeah. And you want to hear the, the craziest stat? Last two games, 34 for 43 from the field. Insane. 79.1% from the field. Insane. And his stats in the playoffs so far in nine games. 37 points per game, 61% from the field, 51% from three in nine games. That's the sample size. He's so damn good. He's the best player in the playoffs right, right now. now. Yes. Uh, hands down. Hands down. I mean, this is something that I, I think through eight games, I haven't seen the stats through nine games. Through eight games, the only player that had more points than was Michael Jordan with 325 <laughs> and Book had 295. I don't know what it is after nine games, but Book was averaging 36.9. And Jordan was averaging 40.6 through eight games. It's insane. You don't I mean, see this. The efficiency numbers freak me out. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It, and, it, and you see, like, watching him, the amount of confidence that yep. every single shot has in it he's, is insane. Like, the dude's just, as soon as he catches the ball, he's like, I know it's going in. He's and, it, so and his shot smooth. looks like it's going he's in. He's so smooth. And, and the thing about him... As I, we talked about this. He's not he's not a wiggle guy. No. He's not like a create space, crazy amount of space guy. Footwork is on point. He's very good with the ball in his hands, and that's how he's good coming off of screens. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how he gets his work done, and it's impressive as hell. He usually doesn't have a whole lot of space. Like people get good contests on him. It's just knocked down. Right. He knows when he has enough to get up over that person. Yeah. The back to back threes in the third quarter. I mean, was just straight in your eyeballs. <laughs> Buckets, <laughs> straight in your eyeball, getting buckets. Dude, but like, and also, I, I, I hate the people that always are like, mid range is a layup if you grind at it. You know, I hate those people. But this Suns team with Kevin Durant and Booker, and when Chris Paul comes back, they will mid range you into oblivion. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, KD is one of the best mid range shooters of all time. And Book, as far as currently in the NBA, is one of the best mid-range shooters in the league. And then we know what CP3 can Dude, do. they combined for 72 points, and they only made five three-point balls. Yeah. It's just efficiency, man. And they get into their spots in the mid-range and just hit. Yeah. And, like, you it's can't not do even, a it's damn not even thing about it. Good shots. Like, we know how good. Yeah, Kate, but it's we know a good, good shot. It's it, a it is because It is because yes, they're taking them. the yes, shots. Yes. But, like, we know how good KD is at taking contested shots. And Booker, throughout his career, has been pretty solid. But the streak that he's on right now with people in his face, it's just like he doesn't see anyone in front it's, of him. It's it's not okay how good he is right now. No, it's not. It's, it, and, like, and we're people not, are going to talk about, like, can he keep up this pace? Well, he's done it for nine games. Right. Damn, and I mean, we're not, maybe he'll have a clunker, but... We're not even talking about Jokic right now, who dropped 53 and 11 <laughs> and was unstoppable. He got everything he wanted over DeAndre oh, Ayton and Lando. Ayton is just not... No, he's not. He but I mean, but, the, the one but some of those that. shots that Jokic is hitting, I mean, he's falling away, getting clobbered by two guys and kind of just throwing it over his head, banging it. But who... who he had to pull up mid-range and somebody... Was it Book that fouled him? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It just the end of the game, shot yeah. threw it up, yeah. bucket and Dude, one. Aiton, Aiton has no shot. No, and it's not anything physical. It's all mental. It's all that. I don't know. Nicola, well, no, but Nikola Jokic is just mentally oh, so yeah. much better than DeAndre. Ayton. Yeah, and DeAndre Aiton, like by the fourth quarter of every single game, has looked like he just just I don't done. Know, like his, I don't know. Yeah, like his dog and, just died. And like Jamal he's, Murray. He's, I, I mean, we out of same it. thing. We're not even mentioning Jamal Murray. I mean, those are four of the best players in the playoffs Did I so see far. Aiton cried on the bench the other night too. Did he? Was, I think there was like a video. Someone that. was accusing him of crying. I didn't see. I that. wouldn't doubt it. I what what Jokic is doing to him right now is criminal. Yeah. It's absolutely criminal. Put up fifty three. <laughs> fifty three. Easy. All right, let's move on to number two. Okay. All right, Kenny, what we got? Right, Kenny. Number two, number two. It's along the same vein, but we're going to, I want to ask you guys, uh, let's take a few minutes. Okay. If you had to start the playoffs right now, mm -hmm. based on what you've seen so far in this playoffs, 
Who do you? Who's the player that you pick Ooh. as your guy to car- to carry you through it? Only playoff players this year or this second round? The, this second round. Okay. Um, I hate to go right back to where we were Devin at. Booker. Devin Booker. I, I, right now, Devin Booker. It, it, and it's not just because, like, I think his best role is to go create for himself. But what I saw him doing, creating for others too, I feel like you, he can pace the game. He can pace the game for you. He dished out 12 assists. And I did get the sense, and I'm not saying that Chris Paul being out helped them because some people will try to draw that, and I think that's stupid. Yeah. But he paces the game faster than Chris Paul. And, like, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker can feed off they of play that with and that get energy. out, and yep. they play with energy, and I think that helps that team right this second. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I want to come up with, like, an interesting rebuttal to that, but how can you pick anyone other you than Book? Right like, it's got Okay, it's got to be between Book, KD, and Jokic. Like, LeBron... No. I guess Jimmy Buckets right now, but they the pro playoffs, but then it's like I don't know. But okay. The so, offensive bag isn't as deep for Jimmy. Yeah, it would be Jokic, KD, Booker, Butler, and maybe A D. Tatum kinda. Ha- Tatum has had a couple inconsistent games. Jalen Brown's been really good. I think averaging like twenty five point eight a game in the playoffs. Am I missing anybody? Harden's been way too inconsistent. Embiid's been banged up. So I mean, book. And you're not book- going to get Jalen Brunson, even though I love Jalen Brunson. Right, and he's banged up right now, also. Yeah. Um, but yeah, book is the obvious. Jokic is Jokic is a hell of a runner up because he's been. I mean, thirty seven. <laughs> you can pick Jokic if you want. Dude went thirty seventeen seventeen in game three, and then came back in game four with um, with, with fifty three and eleven. Thirty seventeen and seventeen, like it's nothing though. I mean, Jokic is otherworldly. He's just, he's ridiculous. And this, I do think, though, going back to it, his matchup he has against Aiden is just, it's too easy for him. It absolutely is. He's picking on a little kid. Yeah. Like, that's what he's doing. So, I, it's got to be between those two guys. I don't think you can but go I'm wrong. But I'm going book. I'm yeah. going book. I'll go Jokic just to make it, okay. just to make it All interesting. Right. All right. What else we got, Ken? All right. Last topic of the night for the hot three. We re- we uh, previewed UFC 288. It happened this weekend. Um Aljermaine Sterling came out with a split decision uh, win over Henry Cejudo. Um, I think the big takeaway from it is obviously Aljermaine's better than I think what everybody gives him credit for. But said this last week, um, coming out of that, it looks like Sugar Sean O'Malley is going to be getting the next title fight. Which I know this hits is really nice for Christian because he's a big Sugar Sean fan. What do y'all? What do you think about the fight and moving forward with Sugar Sean? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I said this last week. Um, every time that people have been like, "Okay, Aljamain's not going to win this," he does it. He beat um, he beat Pewter Jan in the rematch after the illegal knee. He beat Sanhagen before that when Sanhagen mm-hmm. was on fire. Uh, he beat Dillashaw albeit Dillashaw was was heavily compromised with the shoulder, and now he goes out and beats Cejudo. So, uh, Aljo's legit. I know he's... Okay, look, he's cringy as hell. Like, he makes he makes Cejudo look not cringy. Like, that's how cringy Aljamain is uh, to me. You're going a little far with No, that. I'm serious. Like, Aljamain makes my he's, skin you, you crawl. Mean, you mean the guy who showed up to the damn thing, to the damn weigh-ins with a fanny pack with and the fanny pillows? Yeah, Come on, Yeah, man. But, but at he's least... He's more cringy. But at least... Yeah, Triple C. Listen, just like, listen. Dude, he clearly... Listen, he's got little man's disease. Listen. And he's like... He knows he's, he's cringy, and he's playing a role. Aljamain is himself, and he makes my skin crawl. Okay. He just, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I think, I think Kenny and I are on the same page. I don't feel that way about it. I don't know what it is about Aljo, but he Aljamain, just, he, doesn't he really, just gets under my, I don't know. I just, I know I'm there's not a, other people that have that take, but I've never been that guy. I'm not a fan okay. of like his trash talk. I think it's corny and terrible. I think he should just stop. Ugh, <laughs> he should I don't, stop. It's terrible. But he is a one, like, like Aljamain Sterling is a wonderful fighter. And I think, I, I really didn't think that was a split decision. I think he pretty clearly won the fight. It wasn't the best of fights, and uh, we kind of knew stylistically with the wrestling and jujitsu that it was gonna have that kind of a wrestling feel to it, and it did for the most they part. They scrapped though. They they had some exchanges that were pretty solid, uh, but yeah, I, I think the Sugar Sean O'Malley fight is super fun. It's Sean O'Malley. Yeah. He's gonna bring a lot more intrigue but- to the fight. Aljo wants to do his cringy trash talk and come talk to O'Malley. O'Malley's figured out this trash talking game and he's got a lot of eyes on him. So that fight's going to be fun, at least the build up to it. Um, I just don't know what Sean's going to do on the ground because we just haven't seen him in that realm. And we know Aljamain Sterling is not going to stand with Sean O'Malley. I just don't Mm -hmm. see it. 
Is Aljo a solid striker? Is he unorthodox? Does he throw stuff from weird angles? Yes, but he is by trade a wrestler and a you know a, a master jujitsu player. And I just I and, and I just can't see him standing with Sean O'Malley. So I, stylistically, it's I one of those. I wonder if Sean can can have good enough it. takeout yeah. defense. That, and that's the thing. Stylistically, to, it could be a boring but, fight, but it's the build ups can be fun. It'll be a much bigger fight than Aljo and 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 yeah. because this um, fight card was kind of just. Can I be honest though? So I. I thought it was disrespectful to allow Sean O'Malley to just come in there and steal his money. Oh, Dana, like Dana, Dana said he messed up doing that. Dana's an asshole for that. <laughs> he said he was as soon as it. As but I think that, but doesn't that sort of highlight like the dis? I, I feel like UFC fans in the top of the UFC and the people in the in the offices of the UFC, including Dana White, I feel like they, there's a disrespect there for Aljamain Sterling. Uh, that's crazy. No, I disagree. I, I think, disagree. I think I there disagree. is, man. I disagree. I, they, 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 they did it with Islam Makachev, and you think that the that the UFC brass disrespects Islam Makachev? No shot. They brought Volkanovski in the ring after Makachev beat Oliveira. I thought that was I thought that was trash, though. They shouldn't have let that happen. Uh, it makes for big moments. And it, it might, that, but that's what I'm saying. They're trying to sell the moment more than let Al Jermaine enjoy this title defense. He I just mean, they had. did it to Makachev when he won the I, title. That was, that's trash too. Makachev won the title over Oliveira, and they brought well, Volk in the ring. Trash, but regardless, I don't. I mean, as a as a fan, that this stuff's was exciting. Big, this was too big of a spectacle. This was this literally outdid anything that happened yeah, because, in the ring that because night because it's, it's Sean O'Malley. I get it. The card, but, the card. Okay, let's be honest. The card sucked anyway. It was not a great fight. Gilbert card. should not have fought. No, that quickly. His shoulder after. was compromised. He, didn't look right. he he compromised his shoulder in the fight and below hey, that's, one. See, that's that's a problem when you want to try to be a warrior. Man. Yeah, three fights in 106 days, which yeah, shouts stupid. to him because that's absurd that's to put stupid. your body. Through. That's it's dumb. Th- yes, career wise, it is dumb. And trying to get a title shot, it is dumb because Dana said after the fight, now below is next um after after uh Usman and Colby so yeah. Gilbert kind of worked in what his way out of a title shot knowing that knowing that Leon and Colby isn't even booked but, yet and that he could have had plenty of time but he came in and saved this card because the co-main fell through yeah, uh, between Benil and but you and don't Olvera. feel there's a big ass amount of disrespect for Aljamain Sterling as a fighter in the UFC community a hundred percent a hundred percent a hundred percent yes there absolutely is Knowing Absolutely. that and then seeing what happened just didn't sit with me right. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But I think if he beats O'Malley, people will. Because think about think about how big the UFC's gotten over the last several years. Yeah. When he beats Sanhagen, when he puts Sanhagen in the rear naked choke, I believe that was 2019. So that was before this this modern UFC was, this infrastructure was built. In 2020, when the UFC blew up, he took the knee to the face from Pewter yeah. Yon. And that was a lot of people's first impression of Aljamain Sterling was him taking that knee and what's he got two title defenses not being man enough to get up two or three well just this is two but two think about it well technically three yeah technically three because he beat Jan so then he then he beats Jan and you kind of have people saying okay Aljo looks pretty good then he fights Dillashaw which people knew Dillashaw just because the name was so big but Dillashaw literally his shoulder yeah, was out of place. Yeah. So then you have people discrediting him again. Okay, he beat he, he beat TJ Dillashaw. Now he beat Cejudo, you got And now he beat Cejudo. But same thing. We're in this modern infrastructure of UFC. It's Henry Cejudo last fault in 2019. So people don't people That's that are so watching UFC dumb, now though, they dude. don't know it. They That's don't know so how good stupid. they don't know how good Triple C was four years ago. The last time he fought. So I I I understand it. But I don't understand I don't, it. No, I don't sense. understand it. I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair as well. And He's also, got Jan, three like, title oh, the amount of people that went after him for Jan kneeing him in the face. <laughs> I just think that's so trash. Yeah. But whatever. It kind of reminds me of the way they treated Demetrius Johnson when he was yep, the champion. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Okay, but that's a different. I mean, but they, Demetrius had like a title yeah. defense. This well, is we'll wait, way, we'll wait. way but no, different. But no, I get, the, the, the disrespect. I think. And that and was, also when you're a lower weight, when you're when you're when you're that the small fighters, I just feel like small fighters don't sell as much. Dude. And that's why Cejudo ended up stepping away. Yeah. This right? Story, that's why he retired because he wasn't gonna get enough money. Right. This story wasn't talked about enough. They traded Demetrius, Demetrius Johnson, Johnson for, for Ben, ben Askren. <laughs> like Ben Askren. <laughs> and Demetrius that. defended his title in one over the weekend. Yeah. And Ben Askren has long been gone he fought three fights in the ufc i'm pretty sure and that was it i mean that is no mighty mouse was in my top five fighters when we did our top five that is, he's one of the best of all time ultimate yeah. disrespect and he, he does get disrespected but i don't think we, to to 
Christian's point, let's wait on putting Aljo and, and yeah, the Demetrius yeah. Johnson disrespect conversation because that's a new different level. It's I a guess. different level of disrespect. Yeah. 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 Uh, fellas, we got any anything else we want to hit before we wrap up and get out of here? I think we're good, brother. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for joining us this week on On the Bluff, presented by Carmigo, the easiest way on the internet to get a new car. So shout out to them. Shout out to you guys for hanging out with us. Head over to bluffcitymedia.co. Check out all the content we got rolling over there. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, uh, podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify. If you don't use one of those, I don't know what you're using, but you can find us on there as well. Um, so we appreciate you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys back here next week. Thank you for listening to On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co for comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports and how you can become an insider.